0: I'm doing really well. I'm chilling. Just, uh, yeah, got the rest of my clients on Tominic train this week. Um, start my awesome. new job next week. Um, trying to find time to look for apartments, but I'm like, I'm just so swamped that I haven't even yeah. time to look. I'm just like, I guess I'm just going to have to commute for an hour until I figure it out. <laughs> like. Yeah. um because i i found that i just there's so much going on that i i don't have the capacity to like right. go and get an apartment right now thinking about like my two jobs plus my clients plus training and eating and i'm just like i'm just going to take it one day at a time i'm just going to take it one week at a time and also see like you know is the commute doable i mean is it something right. i could be okay with like is it not like how would I schedule myself? Like, could I train out there? Do I have to train out here? I just like, I need a a week, you know, at the job to figure out what exactly works for me. Right. Right. Well,
1: what you could maybe do is maybe you can eventually like once you're making bank afford one of those self-driving Teslas. And so that way your hour commute, you can actually get work done.
0: Yeah. And I could just work like while the Tesla. Yes. That's thank you. That works. (laughs) big <laughs> <thin> brain
1: thin <laughs> brain, energy
0: no you'll figure it out girl you'll figure it out I have the
1: shakes what? I did a delt day today a delt and chest day and it, I was just on like you know what? like when you're training you have like if I had to guess like 60% of your workouts are like decent like they're good workouts they're yes. not great they're decent yeah 30% are shit you like oh, yeah. just, and then that 10% that 10% you were on, you were dialed like in
0: on point. Yes. Like, yes, yes, absolutely. I get, I feel that. Yes. I feel that was that. one
1: of these workouts. Like one of like the glory golden workouts and I feel I'm like, dead.
0: I feel like sometimes, you know, like being into fitness and bodybuilding, people think, oh, your workouts are always good. And that's just, no, no, <laughs> no that's not the case at all. Like you really got to try. You really have to execute. It's like, it's not easy.
1: Right. Yeah, so no, it was one of those great, glorious workouts where like taking off my sports bra was just like, I almost got scissors. I was like, listen, <laughs> like I need, I'm either going to lose a friend or I'm going to like dislocate my shoulder. I mean, I was just gone. The you pump just, was insane. It was a great workout. Yeah. But like, I like now I'm like in a bad mood because I'm in so much pain. Like, it's not like a pain that's sharp, like injury, but like your arms just hurt. They just got
0: you. Ache. You're just yeah. like, you're hurting like my um for some reason I've been having issues with my back like I think it's stress related I went to see a a a deep tissue massage therapist but he's really like a bodybuilding specialist like he's learned over he has like a lot of bodybuilding clients and over time like it was his he does deep tissue but he knows like all of these areas, like in my chakras, like i showed him the area that was having, like my back was having an issue. It's in like mm-hmm. the trap lat area, like where it connects. And yeah. um, he was like, have you been under emotional stress lately? And I was like, why? Yes, <laughs> I have been. Yes. And he was like, he was like, I think this is why this is happening. Cause it feels like right. it's all like bunched up. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's crazy he was like that's like your emotional like chakra like he was saying the area was like where my emotions sit and honestly like I have had issues with that area for a long time right um but it didn't get bad until like this past week and I was like I feel like I'm breaking I feel like right. an old woman like and he was like no I think you just need to rest like you just need to not he was like if you can don't train your back this week I train my back because I'm a bodybuilder but I'll stop I won't train it next week <laughs> right you're like I'll chill out I'll chill out. No, I'll a chill lot out. Of people- no. So Tom, you know how, you know, Tom, he posted that row video uh on, yo, when I saw that, I was like, I'm training. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm training, <laughs> like,
1: it. it is so hard to like, yeah. granted, I think we're a lot better now that we're with a yeah. coach that like emphasizes rest and we understand like how important rest is. But I definitely remember there was a time where I'm sure you and I both are training six days a week and oh, like seven.
0: Yeah. Seven, like, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. stupid. Like stupid people. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I remember I used to like have to train on my refeed days. Like I was like, I'm a refeed and I have to train. Well, I, I guess I never had a refeed then really, honestly, I never really had a refeed because yeah. for like years when I first started, because I was always training through it and, um, I would make sure my intent, my intensity was higher and that I would do extra cardio. And I was just like, i so stupid i look back and i'm like you're a fucking idiot you're yeah
1: but that post that you posted like glow up like it was like a glow up blow up with your muscles like that just goes to show that like yeah
0: when you take your shit seriously and you're on like you have some some hella growth yeah that was crazy i looked at that i was like was i that small like i think i might have taken it too far my last prep honestly i looked at that picture i was like oh shit because i remember i looked at that when i was at the usa's i looked at that And I thought that I looked like normal. Like, I didn't think I looked big. I didn't think I looked small. I just thought, no, I look good. I look cool. Like, and I look at it now and I'm like, what the fuck? What? I definitely overdid it. Right. Definitely overdid it.
1: No, I can relate to that. I mean, I look at my first ever competition photos. Like I competed in 2019 in bikini because I wanted to compete because I thought that competing equated to bodybuilding I didn't really understand the sport quite yet I was just like oh you get tan you get glam you go on stage Mm -hmm. wished to the high heavens that you know a coach would have been like no (laughs) like you have zero muscle mass Mm -hmm. um and the quote-unquote off season that I had wasn't even a true off I don't even know what it was to be honest with you but like when I competed and I looked back at myself I mean like I don't mean this to be insensitive
0: but I literally looked like a holocaust victim i had no muscle whatsoever you were small and it was I, but i was the, i was the same like i was just like you know but it's it's also the culture i think i think the, yeah. the midwest bodybuilding culture the bikini girls like the midwest southern eastern area mm-hmm. tends to be like they we well at least i went and i just jumped in like i was right. just like oh i saw my friends go do it so i guess i'm gonna go do it and they're like, oh, you could do it totally. You just have to like be 90 pounds. That's it. And I was right. like, cool. Like that's doable. I can do that. Like, and so that's what I did. Like, right. and granted, like it was fun. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I remember later looking back and I was like, what the hell was I doing? Right. I had no I real hate. off season. Even when I did my prep for the USAs, I had no real off season. I think I, I had like two or three months in between. I got like my last show from 2019 or 2018 was in November, October. And then I went into prep in January. So my calories really didn't get that high. I didn't gain that much weight. Like I just basically maintained. um, And then I came in tighter for the following season, but my body was fucked. Like it was, it, it was fucked. Like from my, from the first beginnings of my prep, like my first season. Like, I think okay. I lost my period maybe a month in and I was in a very slight deficit. It wasn't even a crazy deficit yet. Um, but I was so stressed that I, right. I lost my period. I didn't get it back until 2020. So I went right. two years without my period. So right. and a lot of people don't
1: realize like they see, they see what you want them to see. Right. And they don't understand right. that, like nothing about competing is healthy. I mean, I shouldn't say nothing. Like there are some things that like, like maybe you're more dialed in on your nutrition, but like eventually you're going to get to a point where it's like, especially if you're like in an actual bodybuilding division, like you're just most likely going to have to do trace carbs and then like lots of cardio. Yeah. Like obviously it's person dependent, but like that's not healthy. And like people like, especially women, that's my biggest pet peeve. This is like a total, total rabbit hole and tangent from what we actually want to talk about today. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But like what (laughs) just what kills me is like when women especially come to us and I'm sure you deal with this a lot where they're like, Oh, I have a scale goal or I want a six pack. And I'm like,
0: yes, but do you
1: like, do you actually understand what that means? Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, do you know what that takes? Because that's you know, some people are genetically gifted where their body fat distributes in other areas other than their midsection. And mm-hmm. like some people are like, I, I guess you could call it genetically gifted or just their genetics are different, you right. know? So I guess we could say it that way. But um, yeah, I had a, I had a, I'm not going to name any names, but I had an inquiry from a girl that was, she um has a a, a bit of a eating disorder, like not a bit, like an eating disorder. Right. <laughs> and she was like, I want to be like, uh, athletic and I want to look like I have muscle. And I was like,
1: you got to eat (laughs) this.
0: You need need to get cleared. You need to get cleared. Like you it's, and you know, she didn't really even understand like what it takes to start building. Like, I was Mm -hmm. like, you have to build some muscle. That means you have to like, bring your food up. Are you even comfortable with that? are you mentally ready to do that? Like, are you mentally ready to sh- like shred down after that? Like, no, we were not right. ready. We're not ready out of my scope, out of my right. scope. Like, that's why I don't know if you saw my post, like that was that was what it was about. Because it's like, I wanted to I wanted to help this person, right? Like, I want to help. I want to help her through her journey. But sometimes like, like things that might be out of your scope as a coach to like teach someone who mentally like doesn't really know like what type of dedication that's going to take like, right. and so, and you want clients that are going to definitely adhere and definitely like be open to like what bodybuilding is like, what is it? It's building muscle. Yep. Um, and it's not just your show, you know?
1: So, right. Absolutely. No, that's, it's so important to understand that. I mean, to even reflect on like my lowest low was like, I think the, a day or two actually it was the day of my my breast dog surgery I think it was okay so this is like how fucked up my my not my reverse but like my post show was like I finished the Ohio Natural and I think it was October that Saturday that Tuesday I had a breast dog surgery
0: okay yeah, so like
1: yeah I was literally like three days post show okay well I woke up that morning at 111.5 Three pounds, and for those of you guys who don't know, I'm five foot seven, yeah. like 110 pounds practically was my lowest low,
0: That's
1: and like my surgeon, I don't even like he like always like asked me constantly if I was anorexic. I mean, constantly he was not shy about asking me if I was anorexic, which I mean, uh, luckily I'm not a person that gets triggered easily. I mean, it was a little offensive because like you know I thought I was a bodybuilder, I thought I was cool yeah. looking, like but like just to look at me, I look like like just skin and bone. I'm really surprised he did the surgery to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I asked my coach at the time if that was okay to get my breast dog done 3 days after. Sure was the answer essentially and luckily you know I didn't oh, have that this hurts goal. my heart. I know literally I <laughs> that just That really hurts my heart. It is. Like I didn't even think about the sheer stress that my body was under from yeah from prep and then the sheer stress of a traumatic surgery like yeah. a you were practically bedbound the first week.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. yes it, yes
1: it just it blows honestly like i'm actually grateful i didn't die I maybe that sounds dramatic but like
0: yeah i Anything am could just have happened. you don't yes, like that's a lot almost. of stress like i don't think people really like if you've never done a show like you don't understand the stress that the show like puts right. on your body then to go do a breast aug um it's like that's i, I could not yeah. imagine i couldn't imagine i mean even like having to be in bed after after your show, like mentally, right. I bet that that was really difficult for to go from being so intense and then you're right. like, all right, I'm going to be in bed for like a week. Like it seems like it's just a week or it's just a couple of weeks. But for somebody like when when I started lowering my cardio, for example, like my last like my last show after after the USA's, I didn't know what to do. Like yeah. I had, instead of an hour, I had 30 minutes and I was like, I have so much time. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm supposed to be doing more than this. Like, right. and like that's, so I could only imagine just being in bed. Like it was, it was a
1: mind fuck because like, just to give like a note again, I'm not trying to start drama or anything like that, but like, there was no step goal. I had cardio and it was like, I had hit and I had lists, but I didn't have a step goal. And at the time I was in the, I was in the neurotic mentality more is better. So I'd be oh, yeah. training six days a week while in prep. Mm-hmm. My step count, Brittany, I shit you not, my step count would be between 25,000 and 30,000 steps. And that was like, like I was neurotic about having to get that or else I was like, oh shit, you're not going to make weight for your show or whatever. But to go from that to like bed rest. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I cannot even tell you like how antsy I felt. Like my surgeon was like, you have to promise me that you yeah. will not fuck this up because he's like, if yeah. you like tear a stitch, they're coming mm-hmm. out
0: and he's I'm not replacing it
1: everywhere. Yes. everywhere. Like-, <laughs> <Yeah. I feel laughs> like, and my husband was really worried too, because at the time, like he knew oh, how boy. just like crazy I was with my steps and he's yeah. like, you need to chill. Mm-hmm. So I did like, I, thankfully, like they healed beautifully, but like to go from 30,000 steps, like the first two weeks, three weeks, Mm -hmm. I could kind of like the first week was like bed rest. The second and third week, you could pretty much like go on short walks. So I'd do like a loop around my apartment building, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't wear my Fitbit because I couldn't have it like beeping at me, being like, you didn't get 250 steps this hour. You didn't get 10,000 steps. Cause like, honestly, that was like the most toxic thing too was like that constant reminder that, hey, like you're not moving. And like it was hard. And then you see your body composition changing because you're going softer Mm -hmm. post show anyway, but then you're also not training. So now, like, this food that you're getting increased, and obviously my food was getting increased, especially to heal from surgery, but, like, to just see that you're getting soft, like, that was hard. And, of course, like, when you start training again, like, your body composition changes almost instantaneously, and I even have pictures week to week showing, like, oh, she started training this week. But, like, mentally, a reverse is, like, fucking hard, but then, like, not training while you have, like, these awesome calorie like, pumps, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was... Zero out of 10 would not recommend <laughs> yes i totally get i totally get. i mean i've never had a breast I think about it but um it'll probably be like when i'm in a deep off season like it wouldn't be oh like, they, definitely, it should not, be. definitely not reversing like so definitely but, not three days post show definitely but should we like go towards like what we're wanting to talk yes. about like yes because we, we could talk about post show all day <laughs> like we could really talk about that maybe for a different episode Right. Absolutely. No, the, what we wanted to talk about today was kind of figuring out your
1: career through kind of your passion and then being yourself and doing what's best for yourself, which I think is something we all struggle with, especially if you are very transparent in social Mm -hmm. media, because a lot of the times who a person is on social media is like a character, especially when you see like these bougie fit grand people, the, Mm -hmm. the, the models, the, whatever you want to call them. But like, they're characters they're not themselves and I mean you even see like pictures of like I saw this one um Instagram influencer I have no idea who it is where like she took a picture like in first class and posted it on social media Mm -hmm. and you know she had like the first class get up essentially motherfucker was in coach like someone like actually took a picture of her in coach like jammed with the masses you know but like she didn't post that obviously she posted that she was riding high in first class and that just shows you how fake Instagram is
0: it's insane. It's like yeah. people do like, it's almost like they people go places so that they could post about it or they'll go like, are you even present? Where Like, are you going to the Grand Canyon because it's a beautiful place? Are you going to the Grand Canyon because you want to post a picture on Instagram. Right. Like, and like it just, ta- I don't know. Like, I I am still working through being who, I, I think that I come off like who I am on my IG, but that's not without struggles either. That's right. not without like, You know, I've really I mean, even this past week, I've been a lot more just like I'm going to post what I'm about and what I do Mm -hmm. um, and what I've been doing with my clientele and, you know, what I do day to day and just like be honest about who I am and like living my living my truth. Right. Like because that is not easy for a lot of people, especially in this day and age with with social media, I think that it. People like to portray certain traits about themselves that not, might not be true. Um, and then when you see them in person or you talk to them, it's like, who are you? Like, right. who are you really? Like, it is so crazy. I don't know. Like, it gets crazier and crazier to me as the time goes on. Because people get so, I think that there's, a, people are starting to have a hard time differentiating between real life and their social media life. Right. And it's like, this is like a new like avenue that people are having to move through, especially growing up, especially like in adolescence, you're trying to find yourself, mm-hmm. um, but you're also trying to show like yourself on, if you have an Instagram account or if you have any type of social media account, like you're growing and developing through that too. Like I couldn't imagine like having a Twitter or a Instagram worrying about these filters and what i'm supposed to look like at like 12 years old like i think i would i I don't know how these these adolescent people go through that i don't either i see my sisters like struggling with it sometimes
1: yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't imagine either. I think like during our, I think like my space was starting to get cool Yeah. <laughs> throwback. Yeah. Um, for me also Tumblr, Tumblr was like more of a safe space though, in my opinion. I mean, I'm sure yeah. there was some level of toxicity to it, but I think a lot more people were accepting and open in the Tumblr community. Cause for me, Tumblr was a bunch of misfits and that's where I felt like I belong. So I like, I love Tumblr, but then like Instagram came about and it's like just pictures and you're like, yeah, what do I post? Like, here's a picture of my dog. Here's a picture yeah. of like my friends. And then like somehow it is involved into this like conglomerate of fakeness and idealism mm-hmm. and kind of like what your dream should look like, even if that's not really what you want. Like you're, you're supposed to want to be on a private jet or in Tulum or I don't know if I'm saying that, right. But like, you're supposed to like aspire to have all of these things. And in reality, like it's fake. Yeah. It's kind
0: of fake. I, I mean, even like as someone who's very busy and who does like bodybuilding as a hobby, um, we know what the bodybuilding lifestyle is like. Mm-hmm. We know that we stay at home. I mean, if you're really doing it, like oh yeah, you stay, don't leave stay <laughs> the fuck at home. We don't really do much. Like, I, it's very it's a very simple life. We're not going out and partying. Mm-hmm. We're not going to clubs. We're not like we are at home eating, sleeping, training. And we might go out to eat, eat here and there with friends here and there. Like yeah. if you're not like super meticulous, um, some people, some people have their own way of moving through bodybuilding. Others don't. Right. But I think that like people kind of think, I'm. Oh, you're always busy. Like you can go out, like, come out with us, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, I never really deny it in a way that's like, no, I can't do that. I'm a bodybuilder, but I'm just like, uh, I think I'll you know, I'm chilling like I, I think I'm gonna stay home, you know, right and but they they don't realize like be, and it's because of social media they're misinterpreting what's going on. They're like, right. oh, she's busy, she's fun, she does shit. uh yeah, I am like, but I think um there might it, like from some of the other influ influencers out there that are, out doing shit going to raves and stuff partying and things like that like it seems like that's what everyone does right. when they're into the sport because it looks like it's appealing like but that's not that's not even like 20 percent. i would say like most of us are like chilling at home right and we're also pretty transparent about like what's going on internally as far as like Food and training Mm -hmm. and performance enhancing drugs like these are things that like I don't mind talking about. I will talk to you about that. Like, I have no problem. Absolutely. Whereas uh, most influencers would not talk to you about that. Most of them Mm -hmm. would be doing whatever and um, not say a thing about what's going on with them hormonal wise. Either, right. You know, so that's something else to just think about the, in the fitness community. It's like what you see on social media is, is probably not what's really going on. The people that yeah. are shredded, like that look great all the time, you have no idea how they feel internally, you have no idea what they're doing internally. <laughs>
1: Well, not only that, but you have no idea if it's current
0: too. Yeah, like people will spend
1: thousands of dollars, like doing a full day of photo shoot with constant costume changes, just so they have quote unquote content with no message. Mm -hmm. And you're like, are you this lean year round? Because it seems like it on your social media when in reality, you know, they can be deep in their off season, but be uncomfortable with like how their body looks that they just don't want to be real and post that. Or there's you and
0: I, where we're like, we're thicker than a snicker and we're just being real. Absolutely. I had someone tell me they saw me in person. And, um, you know, I'm I, I don't want to say I'm nobody, but like, I'm just a, I've, I'm just an NPC competitor. Like, I'm chill. Right. I'm not anything big. Right. And he was like he saw me. It was at the gym um, and someone recognized me. And he's like, wow. Like he was like, I'm not trying to be offensive at all. Like I'm, I'm saying this and then <clears throat> in just I, I'm surprised at how different you look. Like you look very different in, in the off season. And I was like, as I should, as you should be yeah, (laughs) as I should, like, -hmm. you know, he didn't say it in a negative way. He was just like, Oh, wow. Like you look very feminine. Like you're very, like, you know, you, you're thicker, like you're, you look healthy. He was like, from what I see on social media, like you know, from your competition photos, if you like, if I post them, like throughout the year or something, people get very confused. They're very confused on if that's me right now, or if it's not, or so I have to make sure that I'm very open and saying, this is not me right now. Like, this is the reason why I'm posting this is this because I don't want people to think like, I look shredded all the time, because that's just not sustainable. It's not who I am. That's you're you're going to be in prep, like five, not even 5% of your life, like 2% of your life, like the rest of your life, you're going to be in the off season or not bodybuilding Mm at all. (laughs) Or at least you should be
1: anyway, not just staying lean because you can't handle the scale going up, which is like a totally another topic. But I think it kind of drives into a good point of like, this is like what we're passionate about, which is why we make it a priority. And we're also able to kind of, not necessarily turn it into a career because again, we're both NPC. Like I haven't even competed in figure yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you did uh, one or two crossover shows. If I remember at least one crossover, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: I did one, cro- I did two crossovers, um, 20 mm-hmm. 20- in 2018. And I, right. I won my class in 20, 20- the first show I did. And then I placed fourth in the second. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really like, I just wanted to see like right. what my structure looked like. And I wanted to figure out like what division I wanted to go into? And right. my goal at that time was to go to nationals. So mm-hmm. they were like, if you want to go to nationals, then you probably need to stay in bikini because you're not going to be able to put on the size required for for figure, to even remotely be competitive. Right. And um, so I went with bikini, not because I wanted to, but because, or because I enjoyed the training, but because I was like, oh, that would work best for me at the national level. Right. Um, and so when I got there, I looked great, but like, I definitely overdid it. Like we were talking about earlier, um, I was really small compared to like what I'm really capable of. What I'm really right. capable of is being, is being very meaty. And so um, what I should have done was I should have taken time off and figured out what I liked in my training style.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I should have had a coach. I should have talked to my coach and maybe even had a more knowledgeable coach about like what I should have been doing um hormonal wise for myself and just reverse wise and not put me into a prep two months later. Um there's a lot of things I should have done differently. Right. So right. And we're
1: just honestly not blessed because we've worked hard for this, but like we are fortunate enough to have something that we're so passionate about bleed nicely into what we're passionate about career wise. And I don't think a yeah. lot of people get that not because they don't have the opportunities to necessarily, but it's not necessarily a safe job. Like, Mm -hmm. especially if you're not business savvy and you don't necessarily know all the marketing gimmicks and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. If you just like want to be an honest to God coach, like Mm -hmm. your marketing platform most likely is Instagram. And Mm -hmm. it's not, hopefully it's not like scantily clad booty photos. Not that there's wrong with that per se, but like, you put out what you attract. And so if you yeah. want the, the, the temporary clients that are like, oh, hey, your ass looks nice. I want your ass. Like yeah. chances are they're not going to be a long-term client because then they're going to realize how you got said ass. Mm-hmm. Like you want to be posting the content that's like, hey, this is what I expect out of my athletes. This is what my athletes should expect out of me. Mm-hmm. And this is how we're going to work together to get you what you will look like, not yeah. me. Because just because you work with a trainer or a coach does not mean you are going to look like them. And I think that's sometimes... That's not said enough. I don't think.
0: Yeah, I, and you know, I think it's also important, like that. One of the reasons why I'm so into putting like ed- and you yourself, like putting educational shit out there, is because like that's this is what I'm offering you as a coach. Yep. Like I'm offering you this. Like every day I'm reading, every day I'm researching, every day I'm doing something to make sure that I'm a better coach for my clientele. Um, right. And so, I think it's like you know, it says a lot about a coach about what type of content they put out there. Like I know a coach, like if, if a coach is putting out free info and they're like, or they're answering questions, doing Q and A's I know that they're knowledgeable. I can, I can look at them. Like they're, if they're talking about a topic eloquently, like, and, and are very confident on a video, for example, that like that in itself is like, oh, okay, they're talking, they know this. When you see people on IG that are just posting photos, they're asking you to like apply for coaching, but it's like the only marketing tactic is their own body. You have to, you have to, you have to see that as a red flag. If they're not putting any um, education out there, you have to see it as a red flag. If they have like, even talk to their, I think if you talk to their own athletes, you know, that could, that can help you to see like what type of coach like is right for you. Um, or if they're, if they're good with their clients or not, but all in all, a coach should love like what they do. It shouldn't just Mm -hmm. be about like them putting them blowing up on Instagram. Like it's, that's not what this is about. This is about growing a genuine following to help people. That's what it's about. Um, Right,
1: absolutely.
0: And I think like you know, you're right. Like it is a grind. It's not a safe job. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And what's funny is I just I just this week, I uh, decided that I'm going to try to go full time for coaching um, in the next like couple of years. So that's like a new exciting. So now my goal from now on is, yeah, I'm happy with, you know, campus rec and I'm happy with like where I'm at with that. But I'm also going to be like really grinding to to try and not trying, but to succeed in doing what I'm passionate about. Like, what do I wake up thinking about every day? What am I excited about every single day? Um, And so that is a new journey like I'm taking on and that's going to be really hard. And I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to not have benefits when I decide to completely leave. It's going to be hard to figure out what am I going to do for my retirement? But ultimately, like, this is what I love to do. So if I wake up thinking about it every single day, that's what I want to work for. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. No, it's, it's a really fun and rewarding job. It really is, but it doesn't come out without struggles. I mean, personally, like I started on my own, I would say really back in March, but I was doing kind of like behind the scenes work in January when um, I left my previous coaching job. And, you know, I wanted to go about things differently. I wanted to to be more health focused as all coaching should be in my opinion. um, Because, you know, what's the point of doing a fat loss or a deficit? Mm-hmm. if like, it just ends up fucking up your health in the long-term and you rebound horribly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to do things different with my own coaching. And so really the first, let's see, it's July now. So I guess like what, seven months, you know, yes, I have clients and yes, I'm bringing in money, but I'm not profiting. All that money has been invested into mentors and classes. We're like, we're talking like several thousands of dollars that like I am spending on mentors, education, um, stuff like that. Like you don't see me in Tulum, like working out with wood or whatever it is that they do in that, in that place. Like, I'm not like traveling. I'm on a yacht. I'm not on first class. Like I'm in my apartment, I'm reading, I'm programming. I'm making sure that the athletes that I do have on my roster are invested in. And I'm investing again, in my education with you know, my mentors and stuff like that to make sure that I can just be the best that I can be for the clients that who are interested in me with their health. And I think coaching gets idealized on social media because some coaches kind of brag on their revenue by like looking on the vacations I'm going on, look where I get to work. And they're like on a beach or whatever. And it's like, I'd say 90% of that, like, is BS. Like that, like the very few coaches that like do that like it's just not real mm-hmm. or if it is super real you know how much how are their athletes really like or is yeah. it just one of those high turnover coaching things where it's like a program mm-hmm. and you're getting a coaching
0: program but you're not hiring a coach like I don't think people yeah. understand the difference oh oh my god we need to talk about that like <laughs> I mean we're to, we're going all over the place today y'all but whatever <laughs> like <hate> <laughs> yeah okay, so it's there's a difference between hiring a coach and getting a program mm-hmm. and you have to realize that like what are you spending your money on you want to spend your money on well if, if it were me if i would want to <laughs> spend my money on s- investing on somebody who's actually who actually cares about my physique and my health not just my physique but my health and can I, give me the correct um guidance week to week day to day like on what i need to do like to make sure i manage my health not yeah. a not a program a 200 program for for them to just like never talk to me again, the same program that they're selling everyone else. Like, I don't know. I just, it gets me because I'll, I'll still get um, inquiries from people that just want just want a program and they don't really know what I do. And I right. have to tell them like, I'm a coach. I am a coach. So I'm going to be invested in your life. And I think that you should want that. I don't think that you should just get a program because you can do it whenever you want. Like, I think it would be much I think it would just be much more lucrative for you to have someone who is there for you, keeping you accountable. Now, if you're afraid of accountability, that's something you need to assess with yourself, but I don't know why you're going on a journey that's going to make you better. And you don't want to be held accountable for it. I don't know why you would do that. So yeah, absolutely. I know that's
1: a great point. Like again, even, I mean, some coaching programs cost more than a couple hundred bucks, but like what, is hard for me as a coach is like, what people don't understand is they're like, well, you're paying, you know, depending on your price, two to 400, maybe even two to $600 a month, depending Mm -hmm. on the coach. And they're like, well, you're not spending that much time with me per se. Like I might like you make, build their program and then you do training videos, answer questions, do check-ins, but they don't understand that like one building a program and like reading health, like blood work, Dutch tests, you know, maybe a GI map, like that is very time consuming, Oh
0: yeah. but also
1: you're paying for all of the hours I have spent, Brit has spent, other coaches have spent reading, getting educated. Like are you're investing essentially in the time we invested you're, you're investing in our expertise that we've learned and cultivated over years, not just a couple of days not just like a simple like a certification and oh i'm a health coach now
0: yeah yeah for sure and it's you know it's also like we're constantly learning you yep. know so it's it's not like it's not like we don't our value doesn't increase over time i think that that's something to keep in mind as well with the coach is like if you start with a coach one way like i have a client for example who has been with me has been interested with me and always believed in my abilities since like 2018.
1: That's and
0: awesome. she saw where I started. Like she saw where I, to me, I was not knowledgeable, like right. to me, at least in my own. And now she's still like, when I started opening coaching back up last year, around this time, she was my first sign up. She was like, you're coaching again. Great. Like, like I want to get back. And so when I, yeah. when I gave her her protocol and all that, and we talked and, you know, I'm talking to her just, About building and, you know, basically all the things that I learned over time, you know, I was talking about earlier, I wish I did things differently. These are all things I did differently for myself and then applied to my clients as well. And so she was like, wow, like your style is so different, but it's so cool. Like, it's so cool to see this because like, you have grown, like, not just as an athlete, but as a, as a coach, right? right? And so now, like, I'm on, I got onto Team Dominic, and things are happening that way. And last week, she was like, it's, cr- this is crazy, Brittany, like, because I remember when you gave me that program in 2018, and it was just some macros, and it was like, <laughs> just work out <laughs> here and there, like, I was, you know, like, and now it ha- it's so detailed, and like, you're growing. And so, like, for clients that are, interested in a coach, realize that your coach should be progressing and they will, if they're a good coach, they will progress over time into better coaches. They will find new methods that work. Even Mark, even Mark has developed exponentially since I started with him like last year. Like he has, he, he always gets better he all and he's not even like the tip of where he's ever going he's going to be so much farther and you will be too and I will be too but it's cool and you have to recognize like as a coach you should be like growing like as in your knowledge and in your methods and um just all types of stuff in your research all of the all of that but you really have to you really have to love it like you really have to just like competing like you really have to love to do it because it's a full-time job like I'm starting to Feel Like, dang, like I was just telling my team today in our team meeting, I feel overwhelmed. Like, and I have like 30 something clients, like I'm starting to feel overwhelmed with like just talking to them and like giving them stuff. And I'm like, wow, like I have to start setting boundaries. I have to start setting office hours. I have to start really being focused. I have to stop like procrastinating on things because it's going to kill me. If I feel like, you know, like, and I really love this and I don't want to give it up. It's hard. It's much harder than my other job, much harder. Right. Like, but this is something I want for me for the rest of my life. And so how did you get, I don't know if you had, uh, like a tidbit after this, but how did you figure out like, that this is what you wanted to do? And like, you love coaching and this is like something that you align with. Like, how did you figure that out?
1: When I learned and I use that term Loosely, the hard way. Um, If I had not to do it, I was like, that was kind of when the passion um, striked for me. I was like, wow, this was absolutely hell. I don't want anyone else to go through this. I want to learn how to do it the right way. So, those who feel as I did back when I was, you know, obese, they can do it the right way and sustain it. They don't have to do the eating disorder portion. Um, Granted, I was a little more naive back then where I was like, oh, it's just macros and (laughs) walking and cardio. Like, Blood calms work was not even. Out. Yeah, Deficit. exactly, exactly. Like <laughs> blood work, I mean, like literally the first program I like built for a client, and like thinking like how I built it, I was like, "Oh god," like cringe. And that's how it hopefully is with your coaches. They look back on what they did and was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> well, good thing I'm a, a lot better now. But for me, it was helping people realize that they're so much more capable than what they give themselves credit for and pushing them to be better. And that's kind of like the high that you get as a coach when your athletes, like, wow, I didn't even know I could do this. Like that for me is kind of like what lit the, the passion for me is just knowing that like, I am helping this person realize something about themselves that they never would have if our paths didn't cross. Mm -hmm. What about you?
0: Man. Okay. So innately I'm a leader. And like my friend told me something last week that was like very pivotal for me. He was like, anything you do, Brittany, you always have to rise to the top. He was like, I've never seen you do something or get involved with something that you really love to do and not go to the top or at least not try. Like, and so I think when I started getting, well, when I became a trainer in like just a personal trainer in 2014, um, I knew I wanted to compete. Um, I didn't know that there was another level than just competing. Right. I didn't know there was nationals. I didn't know there was like, well, I knew there was IFBB Pro. But like, sure. I I, I didn't realize like there's levels to that. When I figured out there was levels, I was like, ah, I might have to get to the top. Like <laughs> <laughs> You and, see that mountain, you're like, let's go. And then like, okay, so I hired um, my first coach, right? And I was like, wow, he gets to like, actually mentor people with this. That's awesome. Because this is really impacting my life. This is is changing my life. This is changing my life course. Um, and, uh, I want to be able to change other people's lives. Like, and so that's where I started just kind of experimenting, like, you know, taking guinea pig, like clients, like for free, I was coaching Mm -hmm. for free for a long time. Um, And trying to figure out like my best way of like, how am I going to teach people how to live? Because basically, essentially, like I was learning things like my first coach was my first coach, you know, not trying to start drama, but like I I did learn stuff from him. Some things there were some things that I learned from him, but there were a lot of things that I learned from my current coach. And so I when I started to see the different levels of a coach, like I was like, I need to be like that Like, you know, because I think I might love coaching more than I like competing. Um, To be honest, I started really started to think like, what is my life trajectory going to look like? um, And how does competing and get involved with that? How can I also compete and be competitive while also um, like living, like living the life that I want to. And I was like, coaching might be it. So I started really thinking about the activities I like and how much easier it would be, and how much better I would be at them Mm -hmm. if I were to have this type of of profession or job. Um, But at no point, I will say at no point did I ever think about money. Not one time. I've never looked at my coach or my past coach and been like, even though they make a lot of money, and been like, damn, they living it up dang like I want to I've never thought like that I've always been I've always thought about the lives they impact because that's what I want to do I want to impact people's lives it was the same thing with getting into higher education with campus rec and there's I love it in a way I think I grew out of I think I'm starting to grow out of it but like when I first started in 2014, as a trainer for for campus rec, I was so passionate about it. And I was like, I want to rise to the top. Like, I want to like, be a director, I want to be a VP, I want to, and this was like, what drove me. And so it's always, I've always found something where it just enticed me. And I became more of who I'm supposed to be through that profession. So like, that's another thing you want to think about as well is that, are you able to be yourself? Are you yourself through that? Um, cause the more I get into coaching and the more I get into like the culture of bodybuilding, whether or not I'm competing, the more I'm myself and the more right. I'm happy. And so if I'm going to continue to do something for the rest of my life, I need to be myself. So coaching, right. what does it do? It's intense. I'm intense. You have to be, uh, intelligent. I'm intelligent you have to be strategic. I'm strategic. Um, right. And so you have to find like not only something you love, but something that goes in line with like, who are you? Who are you on a day to day basis? Are you a leader? Yeah, I'm a leader. Well, coaches are leaders. Um, right. Athletes in a way are leaders. And so you, you have to figure out like your own <laughs> traits and then like apply that to whatever you decide to do for the rest of your life. So that's how I got here. I guess it was it was like being and, and wanting to become more of who I am and realizing like, there's so much more to learn about myself than I could ever like imagine. Cause every day I learn something new about myself and I'm like, oh wow. You know? And I feel very fulfilled with that. So. Absolutely. And like the growth that you do,
1: if you are an athlete and you're a coach, it's beautiful to, because they grow together. Like you can't grow as an athlete without also growing as a coach. Like it's just like impossible because like, you can always just just always learn more in both scenarios and apply them and be better in both scenarios which is Mm -hmm. why I love being a bodybuilder regardless of whether or not I'm competing because Mm -hmm. you compete as a bodybuilder like like you said like two percent of your life but like to actually be building in that season Mm -hmm. like you have so much more time so much more energy to grow mentally too not only as an athlete but also as a coach and like that is incredible and like you kind of get high off of it and then when you can apply what you have learned like you can learn and you can know all of the the stuff right but until you can apply it to the person and you see the rewards you see the you know just like the changes that either the client is making or you know your protocol is affecting them in this way and it's for the best like that right there is I think like in my opinion like the best feeling in the world and that's where you like that's where you start that's how you start is like knowing enough to where like the person is getting results Mm -hmm. because of your hard work and then that just kind of makes you want to work harder and learn more and be
0: better so my friend yesterday I went out with my friend yesterday and he said um being a coach is a lot like playing battleship and so you know he was like You know, when you have a when he was like, I'm excited for you, you know, because he's he's a coach and he's like, I'm excited for you to start getting um, competitive uh, athletes like because I'm starting to get competitors that are applying with me. And I'm like, yes, Like, Yes. like, yes, finally, like I'm moving on up. And he was like. It's like a lot like playing Battleship. He was like, you're going to love it. It's like you get, your, you get your athlete and you're there and you're with them. You're in the hotel room and all that. You get to prejudging. You see what's going on. You see, like he was like, you're not looking at other athletes. You're just looking at the body and thinking like, what point, like what is next? Is, what is my next move? And then you, you put the, the pin wherever you're going to, you know, attack. And then boom, they look, they look crisp. Or you you hit that or whatever. And it's like, oh, yes. And he was like, you're a very strategic person. And so you're going to love to be able to do that to see if you sink or or if you sink or swim. Like, and I was like, that's very true. You know, that's really true. And. I don't know where I was going with that but I thought it was a cool story but (laughs) that's the
1: thing though like you just getting hyped because you're leveling up which just translates into your passion and I can't wait till I get like my first competitor because you're right like it's a whole nother level because like you're not necessarily not holding their hand but you're not necessarily doing basic stuff with them Mm -hmm. you're like okay you better have your macros and shit down but like this is where we get into like you know, sodium and potassium ratios. This is where we're talking about optimizing that, you know, intro workout nutrition. Like this is like the fine tuning of like your submarine almost.
0: And this is where those types of athletes care more about that. Why? Why are we doing this? And they ask questions and it's like, oh, yes. Now I can talk to you about Uh what I be thinking about all the time because you care like I do. Yes. Let's talk about sodium potassium ratio. Let's talk about your thyroid health. Let's talk about why you need EAAs. Let's talk about like, you know, let's talk about all of that. Um, and they, and they're like, oh, okay. Like, okay. And they apply it to themselves, but they're learning because they're also passionate about it as well. Right. Um, and they also, and they're going to go to you for those answers. They're going to ask you, like, I, I've been getting questions from my clients lately. And I'm like, you know, I feel so honored that you feel that I know so much. I know you right. hired me for that reason, but I still, every single day, I'm like these people like I, cause I view myself as just somebody who's doing what I'd love to do. Right. And just, it's very simple to me. It's simple, but to them, it's so, it's so different. Like the way that you see your coach, like, aren't they a big part of your life? Like they're a part of your life. Like whether or not they think about you a lot or they don't, or, you know, you know, they have like a million clients, like, but to you, like your, your coach is like, and it feels like an honor to, to be that part of someone's life. Right. You know? So it's like it's it's a it always you know I feel like I'm always winning when I'm coaching I feel like I'm always winning. Yep. So
1: absolutely, that's yeah. I could honestly couldn't have said that better myself. And it's yeah, like also like touch touch on what you said a long a while ago. It is never about the money, ever. Never. I've never ever. like
0: no, never. <laughs>
1: the only time I think about the money is like, wow, I've spent like <laughs> almost <laughs> ten grand this year on just my education. And I'm not talking about my fucking bachelor's of science degree, like just on my extra education. And it's like, you think about that money, but then you're thinking like, well, I've learned all of this. So now I have the opportunity to help more complex clients that maybe have lost all hope because modern medicine is like, well, there's nothing to necessarily prevent. Here's a pill.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it's also like, you know, if I'm investing in my education to be better for this, it's really not about the money. Mm-hmm. because I could just pocket this I could oh, really yeah. just pocket this and keep my revenue of however much I made like this month if I made like I don't know an extra eight grand or something I'm like right. I'm gonna put it back into my education you know like and I could just pocket that but I don't like because I want to be a better coach because that's what yeah. I want like to do so it's really not about money like exactly. <laughs>
1: like your first yeah. like probably year two years of coaching depending upon just how the tides turn and how w- hard you're willing to work and how patient you're willing to be cuz it's not like as soon as i think a lot of new coaches especially like they'll like announce that they're like coach now and they're expecting people like to like flood in from just out of fucking flood. nowhere and just be like oh my god be my coach and then they're like i haven't had an inquiry in <laughs> months
0: and it's yeah, like and, and honestly like you have to really you know i was thinking about you know in the topic of being real on social media too um I had to think about like, okay, when am I going to take my coach hat off on my socials? Because my coach hat is always on. But then I'm like, well, I'm trying to establish myself as a coach. So that's probably something I want to do. Like, right. but that is who I am. Like that, so it's okay. You know, I started thinking like, you know, ah, is Instagram, like, is it's not as fun anymore. Is it supposed to be fun? Like, I'm, like, I started thinking, should I make a personal account? Should I like, <laughs> because I was like, I want to showcase who I am. But I also, I, I realized like, if this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, I have to make sure I'm always coach Brit. Like right. always I am coach Brit always to you for what you're seeing. I am coach Brit. Like right. if you get to be on my close friends list and see some other stuff, great. But like, <laughs> like, but for the most part, like I need, I need you to view me as coach Brit because I want to serve you that way. Exactly. Um, yeah, definitely. exactly.
1: No, that close friends list is hilarious. Um, but no, yeah. I agree.
0: Like, <laughs>
1: Like you always need to be a coach. And even when you decide to eventually maybe take a step back from coaching, hopefully you always have a heart of a student and a heart of a learner because like you can still post educational content as long as IG is around. Like the minute IG gets taken down, I have no idea what we're going to do, but (laughs)
0: let's not think about that. I was thinking that too. I was like, what am I going to do without Instagram? Like if it's ever gone, like, damn. You, you know, go back like to my space. <laughs> and that, Well, that's another, that's what I'm saying is, or that's what, you know, we're trying to say is that coaching is not safe. Like it's not oh, a no. safe job because you're depending, like you're literally depending on social media. You're depending yeah. on hopefully word of mouth from your clients. You're depending like, and if those aren't kept up, if you like, that's why there's really no days off because yep. you have to keep up with that. It's not like it's a security blanket where you're like, Oh, I have my full-time job. And like, you know, I'm, I go in there every day, whether or not there's social media or like yeah. I go in there every day, whether or not I have clients, like I, c- I get a salary anyway, whether or not right. I make, uh, make any extra money from taking in clients or anything like that, or, or doing exercise classes. I don't make more right. money doing that. Like, so I, I just get a salary. So it's very safe. It's safer to just be in a nine to five. But when you're like pursuing your passion as an entrepreneur, cause that's basically what coaching is. You're on, yep. you're an entrepreneur um, you're depending on marketing. You're depending on word of mouth. And it takes a long time to build that. Like it, you might have, like I had stated earlier, like I was coaching for free for a while. Yeah. Um, And you hopefully should be, especially when you're brand new, like, like nobody's going to pay you $200 a month, like, or more like for when you've never been doing it. Like, so like when I, I had a, I had someone not inquire with me, but she asked me a question about like how to build her, how to start raising our prices because I started raising my prices. And so I, she said that her photography business had tanked from because of COVID Mm -hmm. and she really loves it, but she's just like, has, is having a hard time just making money, like just trying to build. And I said, you know, you might have to rebuild that client's base. Yeah. Um, And I was like, and I know you want to raise your prices right now, but at the end of the day, you might have to lower them. You might have to bring them back down so that you can create a clientele base It's part of being an entrepreneur. And then once you get your, your base of people that like really like you and are referring you, or maybe even telling, I told her, I said, tell your story on Instagram. Like what type of pho- photography content are you putting out there? Maybe do self shoots for a little while and then right. post that content, get your clientele base up because there's certain people that are going to like your art like right. but you have to I was like you have to work on the back end like you can't just be frozen because you're like people won't pay me what I what I want them to pay me well you haven't proven yourself you haven't right. shown you haven't shown that you are, I mean I believe you are worthy I told you that I said I believe you are worthy of whatever price point you want but do other people know that right no they don't know that yet they don't and so you have to do work on the back end to create that cap, like having that coach cap on all the time so that you can raise your prices and you can feel, I was like, you also have to feel worthy of it. You have to feel worthy, like that you are able to do that for yourself. And she right. was like, helps so much. Like, I'm going to just spend some time for the next couple of months. Like, it's going to be hard. Like, I'm going to be really busy, probably trying to do another job, but like, I'm going to try to to build my base so that i can do that like so that i can be an, a successful entrepreneur and and be and be business savvy you know right and, but that's what i did I, I coached for free for a long time and then i was charging like 50 a month and that was like nothing and i remember people <laughs> i remember people were like 50 dollars, like i was like are you and they're having like an infarction over it and you're like-, like and i'm like oh you have no idea how great i'm gonna be so if you're complaining about 50 dollars. I would get with me right now because right. in a couple months, it's going to be 200, 250, like, <laughs> and you really can't afford me then if you don't right. buy with me now. And so like, it was funny, like just starting to to charge people and starting to like, I, I, I remember charging like my first person a hundred dollars a month. And I was like, yeah. you're like, I'm making it fam. <laughs> I was like, I was like Oh my God. Like, do I deserve this? Like, do I deserve this? Should I do it? But I was getting so many client inquiries. Like I was like, I got to start charging more. You have to start
1: charging more. Like if you have like a point where like, I think like you should like do it incrementally where like the first time you get overwhelmed, you increase your prices. And then like you get more clients on top of that. And then like, you're starting to feel overwhelmed again. Okay. Well, and only if you're investing in yourself as well and your, your clients, you know, like you're investing in your education, but when you start to get overwhelmed, even again, raise your prices again because you can't always just have like hundred bucks a month or else you'll have a roster of a hundred and yeah and you're just like, gonna fall like, through the cracks
0: yeah you know really hard so it's like but I had to really believe I deserved it like, yeah I remember telling like Yaz about my prices and she was like Brittany what the fuck yeah like, <laughs> this was I was like I went from like 50 to 75 and I told her I'm like I would i would charge my people to 75 so like and she was like you are charging people $75 a month. Are you fucking kidding me? She was like, Brittany, like you, she was like, I, you are such a good coach. You deserve so much more than that. Like, and I was like, no, like, I feel bad. Like I feel bad. And she was like, stop discounting yourself. Like, don't discount yourself in your business and not in life either. And so that's where I started to be like, okay, like I need to really start. Cause the more I, I charge, you know, a little bit more, like the more the better clients i get and the exactly more I, get.
1: I was just about to touch on that I was like you have to understand that like the the people who just want big booties oh
0: 75 bucks a month oh
1: yeah no big, no deal. big deal
0: yeah and then
1: that's the thing it's no big deal to them and then when they yeah. miss check-ins or they're not taking it seriously like you were you were taking all of the load because you're like i'm failing them i'm Mm-hmm. Like you feel responsible because they're interested in you yes. as a coach, but they're not holding up their end. But the minute you're like two, fifty, three hundred 300 bucks, you get the people that see that money leaving their bank account and it hurts a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that kind of lights a fire, hopefully under them being like, oh, hey, like this is an investment. Yeah. I need to take this shit seriously.
0: If people aren't paying, they aren't paying attention. Like no period. So it's like, before you start like complaining about a coach's prices, we want you to pay attention. That's why that's there. Like, because if I don't charge you anything, like the the clients that I was, that I was coaching for free, if they didn't follow their protocol, they're like, I'm not losing anything.
1: Yeah. But you are, you're losing your mental health health because you're going insane.
0: Yeah. My mental health. Like I just, and so you have to start really valuing yourself in that way. And so this turned into like passion, valuing yourself. It did. It did. And then like, just to kind of finish that off, like, that's why you also have to set boundaries
1: because the minute the, this thing like makes me so mad when I see people advertising 24 seven access Mm -hmm. bullshit, like motherfucker, you sleep. Like, I know you sleep. I know you sleep. You have to, you are not available 24 seven. And if you say you are, you have like, two months of coaching before your mental health. Well, you
0: burnt the fuck out. I was yep. just, I was literally just telling the team this today. We had a team meeting. I was just telling them this week. Cause we go, we go around and we talk about our wins for the week. And then we talk about like what we've learned, like whether it's like something we've been reading or something through coaching or something in social media or something like something personally, like we sure. just go around and we talk, we talk and it's more like development within ourselves. And I said, this week I learned about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I am over, I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, like with my clients, and creating good programs, um, because I'm starting to like give out more quality programs. I'm feeling like I'm spending more time on my programming. um, And I'm, I'm also I also feel like I don't really have boundaries with my clients as far as like when they can talk to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, of course, like if it's an emergency, go ahead and ask your question, like, go ahead, ask your question. It's fine. But like, if, if it's something that can wait till a check-in, like, can we wait till a check-in? Like, yeah. but I don't think I've done a very good job of creating that boundary because I've been so excited to just like have the base that I have right now and just right. be so happy to help people. But being so happy to help people is going to be what makes you feel like you're drowning. Yep. Um. And so I had to start like telling my clients like, okay, um, Saturdays are my personal days and I'm not going to get back to you anytime after 5 p.m. Um, unless it's an emergency, right? So uh, if it's an emergency, something happens, you're you're, you don't know what to do, you messed up on your protocol, something like, like, really, there's not very many things that are like, pertinent to me. I just can't
1: understand an emergency, like with this level of coaching, like, unless something honest to God, like you got injured. Okay. Let me know. So that way I can tell you to stop training, but then like, go see someone who can actually help you with your emergency. Like if it's like, you're missing a finger because something got cut off, like don't tell your coach, like, I mean, tell yeah. the coach in your check-in that, Hey, like I can't be training with my right hand this week, but like, <sighs> please like reach, like go to a professional, yeah. like, especially if it's mental health related too. like, you're having bad thoughts. Like, definitely.
0: Please. Definitely. And I also, I also think it's like the amount of like, questions sometimes it's like five or six a day and it's like yeah. can we please like consolidate can we please yeah. like like I had somebody um ask me like about their should they wear a lifting belt like when they, like and it's just like come on man like uh, like should they wear a lifting belt while they're doing um, upper body and lower body and everything like and, and it was like they needed an answer and I was like come on man Like, just think, think critically, like just do what feels best, do what feels best for you. So it feels like sometimes there's a lot of leaning on me from my clients and it was starting to just feel like I need to put some boundaries up because
1: absolutely you have to, you have to, because then you will not, the thing is, it's like, it's not that they're not like they're like missing out on value. It's you become more valuable. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's why the 24 seven access, like that's not valuable. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's just, it has no monetary value in a good, in like a bad way, you know, it becomes useless because then you're like, oh, well, I'll just text them whenever it's yeah. like, as a coach, it's like, oh, well, if she's awake from 8.00 AM and she puts her phone away at 7.00 PM. Like I need to ask good quality questions or maybe wait till my check-in mm-hmm. and then, you know, let it, let it be, mm-hmm. just let it be.
0: Yeah. You definitely have to draw a line because you'll start to feel if you have constant, like, it's like this, the, when you're trying to mediate your stress, there's constant like little things that happen throughout the day. And sometimes those can be just random hit ups from clients. Um, and you start getting just feeling burnt out from it. And it's like, you have to kind of teach them your value too. Um, and it can be very uncomfortable doing that. Sometimes it can be like, You know, when you're telling them, no, like, I can't, I can't get to you. Like, you feel kind of like, dang, like, I'm sorry, you know, in a way, because you feel guilty. It's like, yes, your Mm. client, yes, your, your baby. And you want to help them, but you also have to help yourself too. So, right. Right. And I think
1: that's a great place to end. Honestly, it's just like, find whatever it is you're passionate about and treat it like it's a full-time job. Even if you have a full-time job, because the thing is, if you are passionate about it, you will prioritize it. And like, that can be a whole nother podcast topic. Yeah, but
0: like- I remember when my coaching started to, to started to supersede what I was doing in my full-time job. And yep. I started to think about it more. And I was like, oh my God, my, my mind is literally changing. Like it's changing. My life is changing. And so, and it was very scary. And that's when I started thinking like, I think this might be something I want to do full-time because- right. It's something that's just in my head all the day, all all the time, every single day. So I guess like whatever is in your head all day, if there is anything that you encounter that's like, this is what I love. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. Then like really hone in on it. Find a way, you know? Yeah.
1: I think like three things to leave you guys with is like, if you love it, you will find, you will make it a priority. You will do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to make it happen. Two, you have to value yourself every step of your journey. Because when you're starting out, you're not making shit. You're losing money. You have to value yourself though. You have to understand that like, it is going to take time. Like you were going to grow, you were going to change and that's okay. But you have to still value yourself. Even in the hard moments, you can't be like, oh, I suck. Or I'm not as successful as so-and-so. Even though so-and-so has been doing this for a decade and you've been barely doing it for 10 days. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to value yourself constantly. And then third, like you also have to set your boundaries, like have to have to, or else you will not be successful the way you want to be. Because I mean, I remember just a a short story. I remember being on client calls. I used to like take 30 minute calls with all of my clients throughout the week. Mm -hmm. I really don't recommend that honestly, as a coach. That's crazy. I don't know. I don't know what (laughs) I, We, we can talk after, after the pod, but like I'd have, you know, a roster of 30 to 40 clients and then 30 minute phone calls every week with them. And I remember when I was at my breaking point, I mean, I was broken at that point. I would be sobbing in between calls because I just could not fucking handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. I could not handle feeling like a therapist to people. And that's what I felt like more um, than a coach. Mm -hmm. And so like, if I had five minutes between all these calls, like I would just be sobbing. My husband had no idea what to do because I would just sob because I just, felt so hollow because I kept pouring and pouring and pouring. I didn't value myself. I didn't give myself boundaries and it was the cost of my own mental health. So you have to set boundaries for sure. For sure. Definitely. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening, Britt. Thank you as always for being an awesome, um, co-host to this podcast. This was episode three of figure it out. We are chugging along. Um, episode four will be next week. I mean, We're eventually going to get to the point where it's going to be episode 50 and we're going to be like,
0: I know we're going to be like, dang, like, like look at us, you know, hopefully we'll have a guest on here soon. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We have people in mind, but as of
1: right now, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you at the next one. Peace out.